Do you struggle with unwanted weight, restrictive diets, sugar addiction, and low energy? Do you crave being healthy, fit, and vibrantly alive? It's time to release the struggle, to awaken your glow, to live the healthy, vibrant life that is your birthright. My name is Katie Harrison. I'm a primal health coach, and I am here to help you transform your life. Hello, beautiful friends. I am so excited to have you here with me today because this is my very first podcast interview. I have with me today Amber Romaniak, who is a holistic health coach. She is an emotional eating expert, and she has amazing things to share with you. Now, I apologize in advance because my end of the audio is a little wonky. I'll get that figured out for my next interview, but I wanted you to hear this, so I'm putting it out there anyway. Here we go. I am so excited today because I have Amber Romaniak here with us. She's an emotional eating, digestive, and hormone expert who helps professional women achieve optimal health through mindful eating, self-care, and overcoming self-sabotage with food. Her podcast, which I love, the No Sugar Coating Podcast, has over half a million downloads, and she has appeared on local TV 50 times in the last three years alone. Amber overcame her own emotional eating after gaining and losing more than a thousand pounds and spending over $50,000 on binge foods. She spent five years balancing her hormones and her digestion, and now she helps others achieve body freedom so they have the confidence and health to create amazing lives. That is so inspiring, Amber. Yes. And of course, thank you for having me on your podcast today. And oh, you're welcome. Uh, it's just so amazing to connect with like-minded people. I would just like you to tell a little bit about your journey with emotional eating, because I think this is honestly the missing link that so many diet programs are not addressing. And this Mm -hmm. is the real deal. We need to uncover the truth behind this. So if you could tell a little bit about your journey and how you overcame emotional eating, I think that would be very inspiring. And yes, it was quite the journey. So essentially, long story short... I always growing up had a very emotional relationship with food and just didn't realize it. So I, there was always a lot of like treats and sweets available. Um, and I could eat as much as I want. Um, and so I just thought that that was normal that you could kind of just like have however much you want, whenever you want. And then it was, um, when I had just turned 22, um, a relationship had ended and I thought, Oh, well, if I get the perfect body, right, then he'll want me back. And I didn't love myself. I didn't know how to take care of myself. I didn't know how to manage stress. I had this unhealthy relationship with food that again, I was completely unconscious or not aware of at the time. And then I, um, was so upset that I couldn't eat um, because of what had happened. And then I started to exercise and um, started to lose weight really quickly and quickly got to what I thought at the time was the perfect weight, the perfect body, but I wasn't happy. The relationship did not end up working out. And then I just got really frustrated because I'm like, I'm working out two hours a day. I'm barely eating okay, great. I'm getting all this newfound attention and it actually made me very arrogant. So it did not help me like build a healthy relationship with myself. It made it worse. My period went away. My hormones started to go wacky. Um, and so all these like health and emotional things started to happen. And then it's like this switch just flipped one day and I'm like, screw all of this. I want to eat. I want to eat all the things that I've been denying myself of having over the last few months. And of course, that just turned into a full blown binge eating food addiction. And I gained about 60 pounds in three months. Um, and then was the heaviest that I had ever been. And it was very overwhelming, very embarrassing. And then I started to isolate. And then essentially 
over that year, my whole world, instead of revolving around being social and spending time with friends and dating and doing all these things you're supposed to do when you're in your early 20s, I my whole world revolved around food obsession, um, wishing and, you know, oh, I wish I was the way it was a year ago, then everything would be perfect. So obsessing about that and binging multiple days a week, you know, spending all that money I didn't have, feeling absolutely awful, um, fighting with my body, just so in despair and so upset with what I had done to myself, but I didn't know what, what I was doing or why. And it was just a huge struggle. So my people always ask me, what was your low point? Well, it was when I had finished a binge, I'd throw the food in the garbage. And then I, about an hour later, went back and I dug through the garbage to eat the food. And then in fact, went furtherly to throw it in the garbage outside and then went back outside to dig through the garbage. So it was like, that's how addicted to to the food, to the sugar, especially I was like, it was that bad. And so after I did that, I just laid on my kitchen floor and I cried and I was just like, this is not who I'm meant to be. This is not meant to be my life. This is going to slowly kill me if I continue this way. And so whilst I had no idea how I was going to make change, I knew that I couldn't keep doing what I was. So just over time, I slowly started to try to limit my binges to one or two days a week. And then I started to read more about like gluten and sugar and how those were impacting my digestive system. And then I found out how highly addictive they were for people who had those like addictive tendencies. Um, And as I read more and started to experiment more with my body and started to try and figure out what was triggering me um, over time, I'd say like over that, you know, three years where I really was, you know, conscious of like, I've got to get over this food addiction that I learned a lot about lack of self-love, self-hate, binging is an act of self-hate, act of punishment. And I was like, I don't want to do this, but there's just such a strong pull to it. So um, once I overcame my food addiction, then came the building the self-love, the balancing the hormones, the balancing the digestion. And, you know, as I started to share what I was going through and people would be asking me, oh, what are you doing with your health? Like, and, you know, asking questions. And, and then I'm going, if I struggled with this the way that I did, how many other people women, especially there's men too, but women who are struggling with the body image, the weight obsession, the food obsession, the diet mentality, the food addiction, emotional eating, regardless of if it's like very minimal or if it's like, you know, really, really um, debilitating, like it was for me or worse, it's to respect whatever that level of self-sabotage is and to, you know, be willing to work through it. Because I truly believe, and I say this to hopefully empower people, it's very difficult to fully live your life if you are so, if your mind is so caught up with food obsession, weight obsession, wishing you were the weight you were a year ago, diets and all of these quick fixes, you're not present. And I think that that robs you of enjoying life, which is right now. So then I started my business and now I've worked with women all over the world for six years and it's been a huge gift. And it's, and it's also experiences like this of connecting with people like you, Katie, and like-minded people who have and understand and we can spread our messages and just help inspire even just one person. Yes. Yes. And I agree. So many women especially can relate to your story. And I appreciate so much how willing you are to share it on your podcast because you speak the truth. And I know you're connecting with thousands and thousands of women and they are hearing you and they're saying, maybe there is hope for me. Mm -hmm. And the exciting thing is that there is, there absolutely is. And one of the things that I want to touch on that you said is you hit rock bottom Mm -hmm. and you knew 
that you had to make a difference because you couldn't mm -hmm. live like this. You had to make some changes. But I think what we want to do in our message is tell women they don't have to hit rock bottom. Yeah. They can start making the small changes now to get their life back. And another thing that you mentioned that I think is just imperative is the consciousness. Mm -hmm. Being conscious of what is happening in your mind your, your ego, your self-sabotaging, the thoughts that are going on, and also just being conscious if, if you are emotional eating. I think a lot of women are looking for the next diet and the next diet and the next diet because they want to control their eating. Mm -hmm. They feel out of control, but they're not really addressing why they are out of control or why they feel out of control. Yeah. And you work a lot with a lot of women, I'm sure, who have been through this pattern of diets and emotional eating. And how do you help them to become more conscious of what's happening in the brain about the ego and self-sabotaging? I know you like to talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. If you could share a little bit, how do you encourage women to just tune in and become more aware and not be afraid because yeah. like many, many women are fearful of this. It's scary. hundred percent. <laughs> yeah. And I used to be so afraid of being in tune and aware and harnessing the gift that is the intuition. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I binged is to suppress feeling all of that because it can be yeah. scary to feel. And we're in the society where it's scary to feel you're weak. If you feel you got to just be strong and have this like steel armor around you. And I think that's one of the breakdowns, but, um, what, really I help them with is first to identify that diets don't work. Yes. The, the quick fixes, the, the quick plans, the book, the, you know, the, whatever you bought online, that's claiming it's going to give you X results in X amount of days or weeks. It just doesn't work. It doesn't help you learn how to listen to your body. These things don't help you to identify your current state of health. They don't help to identify your emotional eating triggers and why you started to sabotage in the first place. They don't help you build self-love and they don't help you understand your ego. And as, of course, as we've talked about, the ego is the self-sabotaging mindset. We all have an ego and the ego is the part of us that takes over when we're frustrated, angry, embarrassed, when we're judging our body, when we're in negative self-talk, when we're jealous, comparing ourselves to others. And of course, when we decide to sabotage with food, or we decide to punish ourselves with another diet or, you know, we're just, I can't love myself until I'm a certain weight. So I have to, to starve myself to get there. That's all ego. And so when I was in my food addiction and I had that low point, that was like my ego in full blown control. And I think one of the biggest things is for, for, for anybody who's wanting to make these changes it is deep and there are a lot of layers and it's a complex journey, but that's why people gain the freedom and get the transformation they're yes. seeking because you have to be willing to go to these places and we don't just push or rush into it and go, okay, now you've got to all of a sudden be like hundred percent out of your comfort zone and hundred percent vulnerable. It's just like baby steps and taking it one step at a time because you know, I want them to continue on the journey and I want them to succeed. So, you, so pushing, forcing or rushing or judging is obviously not part of supporting people. You have to create a safe space and a space where they feel comfortable opening up. And when I start to tell them about the ego, right. And that the diet um, and the weight focus actually will continue you in the pattern of self-sabotage. Then they start to think about the fact that they've never considered a different path. They've yes. never considered, okay, I'm going to learn how to listen to my body. I'm actually going to get physically and emotionally healthy. I'm going to identify, learn how to identify my triggers, and I'm not going to restrict. I'm not going to diet. I'm not going to take more foods. And in fact, I'm going to 
look at the abundance of food and, and bring more variety in and treat my body better and balance my schedule. And so we take the focus completely off of the weight and the diet, which is the superficial, which is pushing the sabotage and, and the ego again wants to convince you, no, you got to diet, you got to eat less, exercise more. That's what is conditioned in society. That's what, why the fitness um, and diet industry is a trillion, multi-trillion dollar industry because they want to make money and they don't really care and nor it's very difficult to create programs for specific people depending on what's going on with their body physically mentally and emotionally because we're all unique we're and all unique. Like diets don't work yeah <laughs> yes we're all unique we all have different hormone you know stories we all have different digestive and inflammatory stories we all have different symptoms going on we've all had different pasts emotional memories right reasons you're hanging on to protection we all have different cravings and different um, attachments to foods and and it's just all of this conditioning that we've kind of grown up with that evolve can evolve into this complete self-sabotage with food and, and then it does start to impact different areas of your life. As an example, I have a client and she in the beginning was very convinced that it was all about quick fixes. And she was very frustrated that we didn't go into that right away, even though she knew we wouldn't, but just that ego. Um, And then we had a conversation and she's like, I'm a big people pleaser. And so um, she's a business owner and she's like, I've been actually over giving to my clients and I've been not charging some of them and um, all these, I've been going above and beyond and it's draining me emotionally, it's draining me financially. And then of course, because she's give, give, giving all day, she's forgetting to eat and then she's binging at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is a mentality. This is a mindset that is fueling behaviors that are then hurting the person who is believing they need to please because they're not good enough. Yeah. Right. So it's very fascinating to see it's, it truly starts with the mind. It's not about finding the perfect diet to fix emotional eating. It is about shifting the mindset and the relationship you have with yourself and working on your physical state of health. So it is really both. It is. And I love that you take the long-term approach mm-hmm. because it is, it is a journey. And I think the easiest way to actually recognize the ego is to just build the awareness, is to take the time in the day to have space to say, what is going on in my brain right now? What am I feeling? And and that can be scary when you turn into your brain because it's often, like you said, says horrible, mean things. But when you can understand that that is not you, that's not the truth of you. These are the limiting beliefs that have shown up all throughout your life, depending on, like you said, your childhood and your circumstances. But when you can detach from them, and observe them. At some point, honestly, you're going to recognize those beliefs when they show up and you will, you will be able to laugh at them. Mm-hmm. And you'll say, oh, here it is. There's that limiting belief. And I don't have to listen to it. It's not me. Yeah. So yeah. building that awareness, and I appreciate when you talk about in podcasts, self-care, mm-hmm. because that is one way in which you can make the space for yourself during the day is to tune in and say, what is going on in my brain? What is going on in my body? How do I feel? And am I feeling anxious? What's triggering that? Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to take the space in the day to be yes, quiet, yes. to be still, to be aware. Yes. Well, and also if you'd never have the time, it's very difficult to become present and the more ungrounded and overwhelmed you are, the easier it is to just go to food or go to those old behaviors and then be frustrated because now I've gained weight. Now I need to go on another diet, right? And so it fuels that vicious cycle. One amazing and I think very valuable piece of information is that when you do self-care and or you take the time and space to be present, the ego cannot take over your power. You are in full power. 
right? And I think that's one of the most exciting things is to know that you can decide to grow that awareness with your ego and then come back into your power. So it's like, as an example, when someone's triggered by emotional eating, instead of just going to the food, if they can stop and do some breathing or some form of self-care activity to help them gain their present moment back, the want to sabotage and go to food really goes down. There may still be a bit of an urge, but again, it's, it's getting present, calming the mind, getting grounded, and then going, okay, is this a decision that's really from my true heart? Or is this that self-sabotaging mindset? Because that's the easy way out. It's the pattern. It's what I know. It's comfortable whilst I suffer. It's just easier at this point to do that than it is to to not and to take a different path, right? But as with anything in the beginning, it's always easier to suffer and sabotage and take that route because it's what you know and it's familiar, even though it's having a negative impact. But the more you overcome the emotional eating and you start to take the other path, the more that becomes familiar and that becomes comfortable. And then binging feels wrong and bad and feels very uncomfortable. And I remember um, having scenarios, even with myself toward the end when I was really close to overcoming it. And I'd get some food and go home and kind of start eating a bit of it. Like this feels really just like not how it used to. And again, this switch flipped. And all of a sudden it was like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to treat my body well. I want to feel good. I don't want to hurt myself. I'm learning how to love myself. And this is not part of that. Mm -hmm. Right. So it does shift over time and it's different for everybody. It's true. It's true. And I think also on the journey, something that clients need to remember or people in general who are dealing with emotional eating is that you're not going to get this perfect right away. It's a process and releasing the self-judgment. If you do slip back into emotional eating, don't dwell in it. It's a process. You can use that as like a a point of reflection. Okay, what happened? What was I feeling? What did I turn to? Was this a conditioned behavior? And then move on. And you you look at it, you maybe learn something from it, and then you put it behind yourself and you move on because you're going to have those little stumbling blocks as you go. And it's okay. And you can actually kind of celebrate those after the fact and say, this is an opportunity for me to learn Mm -hmm. and to observe it and and to do something different if I choose. Yeah. And failure is a good thing. And I think every time anyone I've ever worked with, even myself, when I was struggling, when I failed and I did end up emotionally eating, I learned about another trigger. I learned something new about myself, the level that I grew, um, you know, expanded and I learned how to accept failure and embrace it. I learned how to start to forgive myself if it happened. And I, if it just, if you just went from not Going, doing it to not doing it at all, you wouldn't learn a lot. Um, yeah, that's exactly so right. So it's like embrace the length of time it takes for your unique journey. Embrace the failure. It will get easier to accept and actually see it as a positive thing. And you you do learn so much by allowing that to happen. Um, and again, then you learn to understand your ego more, which means you understand what triggers your ego to take over control. And that means you have more awareness around how to take your power back, right? So if I would have only emotionally ate like twice and then been done, like I, there's no way I'd have the level of understanding, awareness, knowledge to help my clients, right? And I think that that's why it's so, I'm so grateful because I have the mindset and I know you can understand as well, but having the mindset and like knowing exactly what it has felt like to just be in such a negative relationship with body, self, food, 
you really understand what those people are going through. And whilst I think that people who go to school <clears throat> to help people with emotional eating or binging um, or self-love, but they haven't had a personal experience, not to say that they can't do as good of a job because I'm sure that they're very good at what they do. But I think just that personal level of experience and understanding really makes that other person feel safe, makes them trust, mm-hmm. um, and they know that they're not going to be judged. Oh, I agree. That's huge. I agree. I had a question for you about when clients come to you for coaching. Do mm-hmm. you find that a majority of them are still stuck in the mentality of tell me what to eat and tell me what I shouldn't eat? Mm-hmm. Find yeah. or do they know your background enough to know that won't be your approach? Yeah, great question. So a lot of them are still coming in with very much a diet conditioning mindset. They're like, should I eat this? Should I not eat this? How much of this should I have? So they very much want to have control because they still want, they have a fear of losing control and they Mm -hmm. fear losing control with food and their body. Um, So normally in the beginning, especially when we have the first couple of conversations, there will be more of that. Like, and they'll be like, well, how come you're not telling me exactly what to eat today? And I'm like, well, because that's not the priority. You're, you're binge eating every day or you're sabotaging the food. So first I need you to, or I invite you to have a better understanding of why that's happening. And we'll talk about food and weave that in, but it's not about the food. The food is what people are choosing to sabotage with. Some people choose alcohol. Some people choose hard drugs. Some people choose shopping etc. So it's that this is the thing you're choosing to use to punish yourself with. So it's not all of a sudden like you have to eat clean, you have to go on a diet, you have to eat perfect because that's not going to change the programming and the behavior. And then yes, some people have been listening to podcasts or they've been following me on social media for a while. They understand and know that obviously that's not going to be part of the coaching, but it still comes up because it's what they know, right? And so it's not bad or wrong if you're stuck in this diet mentality or you're stuck in this mode of like, what do I eat? What do I not eat? And I'm eating enough fat. Am I eating enough carbs and all that kind of stuff? Fair enough. That's what the diet world has conditioned you to believe in control. So don't judge yourself for that. But it is that actually, as we go through the process, you do unravel the diet conditioning, your food fears, the diet mentality, the calorie counting. I don't do any of that with people. I help them build food courage and help them invite in variety and see that it's safe to actually eat more Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never had anyone eat more and gain weight, right? And I've worked incredible. With yeah. So it just shows you that's a gain so archaic and so not true. I mean, if yes, you started to eat a bunch of refined food, you, right? Or you ate like far too much of something, then your body probably wouldn't take it very well. But when you're treating your body well and you're nourishing your body and you allow for that like balance, which is also some indulgence, some mindful indulgence, when you feel safe to do so you really start to see that you didn't need the diets, Mm -hmm. right? But again, it's just, that's what society has been taught. And especially now with social media and with all influencers and celebrities being paid a lot of money to do this diet, do this eating style, right? All this endorsement. um, It also makes it really difficult for people to know what's real and what's not. How are people maintaining these results behind the scenes, I've, I've known countless influencers who are making a lot of money selling keto or selling certain diets or eating plans. Um, and because they've had some good results, they're, they're now capitalizing off of that and they're making, you know, six, seven figures off of their success. But then 
behind the scenes, they're saying, I can't do this. I can't actually maintain this eating style. I want to go and eat all these foods that I'm technically not allowed to have, but because now I have a book dealer, because now I have this, I need to make it look like this is what I'm doing. So it's like all this kind of fraud stuff is coming up. And so that's where it's like, if you are looking at all this stuff and you just, it doesn't feel right for you. Listen to that. Yes. Because you never know if that person is actually being successful on that diet or that eating style. You never know. Maybe they got results, but what if they gained it all back and they're now not coming on social media to, because they feel like a failure and they're embarrassed and they're fearful that they're going to be judged and lose, lose business. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just so important to not jump on those bandwagons I don't care who celebrity or what person has how many followers that does not support your greatest good or your health and well-being. You know, if you connect with someone who's an influencer or an expert that you connect with their story, their message, it's not restrictive. It's empowering. It makes you feel good. There's no quick fix promises. There's vulnerability there. I think that those are things, those are great people to follow or connect with or look to potentially, you know, seek out their help because It's not just like, oh, here's this program and this is what I promise and here's the benefits, right? right? And that that promise of the external program Mm -hmm. just does not allow you to learn to trust yourself. No. To look inside, to learn about yourself, to maybe address the emotional eating and to trust yourself. And I think that is the biggest problem and why people consistently are going from diet to diet mm-hmm. to diet. And I know this because this was my 20s and my 30s, mm-hmm. one diet to the next diet, restriction, mm-hmm. restriction. And it was consuming in my brain. And when I finally learned how to look inside and like you had the journey, had the process, I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. I never knew life could be this amazing. And I could right? be free, free from this thing that had been taking up so much brain space for so long. Mm-hmm. We just want to share that message mm-hmm. that you can, you can be free from this. Mm-hmm. And you don't have 100%. to get rock bottom. You no, know. and you don't have to. And if you are rock bottom, then that's okay, right? I think that's because, yes. let's face it, a lot of the people I talk to are rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Ideally, I want them to prevent But if they are, it's fully still possible for you to come out the other side and build a healthy relationship with food. And I think that, I think that there's a diet addiction. I think that people are addicted to diets and like they fail on one thing and then they Google the next and pull out their credit card. Just like this, this high that happens. They're like, oh my God, yes, the next thing. And then they they get all pumped up and excited again. And maybe they get some short-term results or maybe they fall, fail quickly into binge eating or emotional eating. And then they're like, Oh, the next thing, what's the next thing. And then they're in this addiction with diets. And it's very interesting to see that pattern and how strong it can be because you really do, you do become convinced that it's the only way when it's actually the thing that's disconnecting you more and more and more from having the freedom. Right. So, and, and one other thing that I find as to why, you know, diets can be dangerous and these really extreme eating styles can be dangerous because if you don't know your current state of health, you don't know your hormone health, you don't know your state of blood sugar, cholesterol, your vitamin and mineral levels, you don't know your current state of digestive health, and you're not addressing other symptoms that you're struggling with. And then you hop on an extreme eating style and all of a sudden you're more exhausted, you have more cravings, you're gaining more weight, your digestion is feeling worse. Like I've seen women 
especially like the, the fads lately have been keto and fasting. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of it. It's really unfortunate that people are just saying this is the thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but without people taking the time to understand where their current state of health is. And I have people who are, we're working together and we get their everything, their blood work and everything back. And their hormones are so out of whack, mm, right. so out of balance. And they they're wondering why they feel awful. And I think this is what's so amazing about you as a coach is that you have the holistic nutrition background. Mm-hmm. You are also going to be a guide to help your clients look inside mm-hmm. and work through the process. So yeah. you have the background in holistic health so you can deal with the physical symptoms and address mm-hmm. them and offer advice there, but also encourage the clients to follow their path with you as a guide. You're their guide. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And I think it's just, it's just to know whomever you choose. I hope that they look at the whole picture because you truly do, I believe have to look at the whole picture, the emotional side, the relationship with food and body and the physical state of health. It's so important because you can understand your emotional eating triggers and start working on that. But if you have a physical symptom, that is a massive trigger for you. How do you fully get over that? Exactly. Or maybe it's like you work with a couple different people. If one's really good at one thing and then there's another that's good at something else, but it is to really get all the answers you're seeking. I just, I can't stand for that enough because I think weight is a very sensitive subject, especially when you feel vulnerable with your body. And the worst thing is um, people who are going to their doctors are going to their whomever they're working with and they're being judged for their weight. They're being judged because they're not losing weight. They're being judged because it looks like they've gained weight. They're being judged because they're complaining about low energy. They're being judged because the whoever's helping them doesn't understand you just can't stop eating. Like I remember when I went to my doctor for my first physical after I gained all the weight and she said to me, she's like, How, why have you gained so much weight? And I'm like, well, I think I'm struggling with binging or I don't know, but I'm, I'm really, and all she said was just eat less bread, eat less bread. She had no idea. And she's like, you do need to lose weight. Like you're, this is an unhealthy weight. And inside I'm going, well, I know that, but I don't know how to stop this sabotage. Otherwise I would be doing it. Right. So I respect everybody, but they don't understand. And so if you feel like you've gone to certain healthcare practitioners and you haven't got the answers that you've been seeking, it's got nothing to do with you. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just that you need somebody or a group of people who can really understand you, relate to you, and not judge you or make you feel unsafe. That's that is huge. so true. I am just so excited by the work you're doing because I know your impact on the planet is gigantic. I just, I encourage everyone to listen to your podcast, the No Sugar Coating Podcast, and to check you out. Do you want to tell people where they can find you on your website, on YouTube, yeah. um, on Instagram, social media? Yeah, I so you're going to want to look you up. <laughs> yeah, so you can listen to the No Sugar Coating Podcast on all podcast apps, as well as on my website, amberapproved.ca. I'm actually building a new website right now, so I can't wait to launch that in the next couple of months. And you can find me on Instagram at my name, which is Amber Romaniac. So those are kind of the key places I encourage people to reach out um, and check out my content. And if it's resonating for you, then just know you're not alone and there there is possibility full possibility for anybody to overcome this. It's not that I was picked special to, right? It's like anybody can just like you. Um, so know with, with um, time it can happen. 
That is the truth. It has been just so delightful to talk to you today. I feel like we could talk all day. Likewise, I know. <laughs> we'll have to today. do it again. Yes, of course. Oh, Amber, it was a pleasure. Likewise, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being with us today. <laughs> and I hope all of our listeners will come check you out because you really are speaking the truth about this. Thank you for sharing. Thank you once again for joining me and a special thanks to Silent Partner for his song, To the Top.